the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. With a reasonable answer for the hope that lies within us, this is Contending for the Faith with Dr. Jerry Buckner. We would invite you to join us for the next hour at 888-FORKFAX. That's 888-367-5329. And now, to introduce Dr. Jerry Buckner, here's Gary Bell. Well, good evening and welcome to another exciting edition of Contending for the Faith. With your host, Bay Area pastor, lecturer, counselor, and expert on the cults, Dr. Jerry L. Buckner. Well, tonight we bring you part six in our exciting new series, The God of All Comfort. He is the God who comforts us, not only in some of our troubles, not only in a few of our troubles, but in all of our troubles, especially in these uncertain times. You know, as we enter this brand new year, we need God's comfort. We need to be comforted by God in the face of COVID-19 and its Delta and Omicron variants. We need to be comforted by God, not only in the face of sickness and disease, but also in the midst of social unrest, financial difficulties, and the multitude of trials and challenges we encounter on the So if you find yourself in need of God's comfort, then I challenge you, stay tuned to hear about this and much, much more. But we are not pretending. We are contending for the faith. Dr. Buckner, how are you tonight? Brother Gary, I'm truly blessed. And thank you so much for that introduction. What a wonderful job the Lord has done through you each uh, Saturday as we kick things off. And everything you said is so true and relevant to our day today. And uh, we need God's comfort every moment, every second in this troubled world that we are living in today. And we are building this series upon 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 3 through 4. And you can compare that to verses 4 through 11. And we're talking about the God of all comfort, not some, but all comfort. And I just don't know what you're going through, but just remember, he's the God of all comfort. Somebody need to be comforted tonight, need to be comforted right now. And you just need to call on Jesus. He'll be there to comfort you because he said he'll be with you always, even until the end of the world. And I want to talk to you tonight about a question that has been asked from the beginning and throughout the centuries. The question is, Why is it that bad things happen to good people? And where is God in the midst of my troubles when bad things happen to me? Those are some excellent questions and need to be answered from a biblical perspective and apologetic perspective as well, because the world will always come to the Christians and even family members and Christians and churches will ask these questions. 
Why do bad things happen to good people or God's people? Well, I'm going to lay out several answers to that question, and you want to get to a table with a pen and paper and take down some of these important apologetic and biblical answers. Number one, bad things happen to good people because there is no such thing as a good person, but God is the only one that's the good person. And uh, you say, what do you mean by this? Well, you know, this is an uh, oxymoron when we say, you know, this is a good person and a good person and a good person here and a good person there. It's an oxymoron because it's a figure of speech which apparently is contradictory when it comes to the Bible, the Bible itself. Now, uh, Jesus made this clear in Mark chapter 10, verse 18. Mark chapter 10, verse 18. The text says, and Jesus said unto him, why callest thou me good? Now, you hear the word good. Jesus said, there is none good but one. That is God. So when we talk about why do uh, bad things happen to good people? There's no such thing as a good person. You know, uh, I'm going to talk a little bit about that word good a little bit more as we continue in this message. Uh, to add that uh, to what Jesus said, the Apostle Paul said in Romans 3, uh, verses 10 through 12, verse 10, and as it is written, there is none righteous, no, not one. Verse 11, there is none that understandeth, there is none that seeketh after God. Verse 12, they are all gone out of the way. They are together become unprofitable. There is none that, here it goes again, that doeth good, no, not one. That is the same thing that Jesus said in Mark chapter 10, verse 18. Paul is saying the same thing that Jesus said, because he's inspired by Jesus. Now, the only good thing that comes out of us is through the power of the Holy Spirit, because it tells us in Galatians 5 and 22, one of the fruit of the Spirit is goodness. Make a note of that. He's the one, the Holy Spirit. When we are empowered by the Holy Spirit, good things come out of us, and we are good because Jesus has made us that way. Now, number two, why do bad things happen to good people? Because we are all sinners. Romans 3 and 23 says, all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Why do bad things happen to good people? Because we're all sinners, and we all live in a sin-cursed, sin-stained, fallen creation and fallen world. The curse of creation started in the Garden of Eden, and we are still feeling the experiences, the effects, and the consequences of that curse and that sin in many different ways. And that curse on this world and upon us will continue until Jesus comes back, and he will do away with the curse and sin. Number three, thirdly, we need to ask the question, why does God allow bad things, devastating things, to happen to his people? God allows bad things to happen to his people, and uh, just like the same thing, that he allowed to happen to Joseph in the Bible. I think it's a, encouraging for all of you to read the story in the book of Genesis about 
Joseph, the young man who loved the Lord, uh, was focused, faithful, and fruitful to God. Those are three Fs. And in Genesis chapter 50, verse 20, uh, Joseph said to his brothers, what you thought for evil, that means bad, right? Bad things against me, but God meant it unto good. Romans 8 and 28, right? All things work together for good to them that love God and to them that are called according to his purpose. So God can take the bad things and bring good out of it, just like what happened to Joseph. Do you remember all the bad things that happened to Joseph? He was the first Kunta Kente uh, in the Bible. And remember, he was put in the pit to die, sold into slavery, uh, away from his family, friends, accused falsely, put in jail several times. But listen to me, my friend. Look at what God did. Don't ever give up on bad things happening in your life because it's a purpose. God can take that bad thing. And he did that with Joseph. God took him from the pit, Joseph, and brought him to the pinnacle because of his trust in God, faithfulness to God in the worst of situation. You know, when God tested his faith, his loyalty, and his faithfulness, Joseph passed the test. Joseph did three things that all sound alike in relationship to this man's integrity in relationship to this man's integrity. And you might want to write all these three things down because they all sound alike. I'm going to say this in conclusion. Joseph, he maintained his integrity. And integrity means faithfulness, purity, and, and right hard after God. He maintained his integrity in the midst of prosperity when he was on the top. When God raised him up to the top, he maintained his integrity in the midst of adversity. Yes, when he was in jail, thrown in jail, accused of something that he didn't do, going through hell, but he maintained his integrity in the midst of adversity. And he maintained his integrity in the midst of thirdly, in the midst of poverty. Joseph realized in the midst of the good, bad, and the ugly that he had a God of all comfort on his side to comfort him in Egypt and to raise him up in Egypt and to use him as a witness in Egypt. All of us are going through some type of Egypt in our lives, but in the midst of that Egypt, no matter what type of Egypt you're going through, it can be a sickness, it can be a death in your family, it can be trouble on your job, it can be an issue with your finances. I don't know what type of Egypt you're going through, but God can work with you and comfort you in your Egypt. And Joseph not only got comforted in the midst of his, uh, his Egypt experience, but he also took that comfort from God and he comforted his brethren, his brothers. He comforted them in the sense that 
God forgave Joseph, and then Joseph forgave his brothers. God loved Joseph, and then Joseph in turn comforted his brothers by loving them. Yes, in the midst of your Egypt trials, tribulations, keep your focus on God. Remember that in the midst of the fog of your life, F-O-G, there's an acronym for fog. F, focus, O, on, G, God. Maintain your integrity in the midst of prosperity. Maintain your integrity in the midst of adversity. And maintain your integrity in the midst of poverty. Lord, I just we just pray right now. If somebody's listening to this message right now, and need to turn to the God of all comfort. We ask that you would right now turn them to you, forgive them of their sins, restore them in their relationship with you, renew them in a relationship with you, and bring them to repentance. He that has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says unto the churches. Brother Gary. All right. Well, it's time for us to take that commercial break. We'll be right back with more of Contending for the Faith. You're listening to Contending for the Faith on AM 1100 KFAX, the spirit of the Bay. Well, welcome back to Contending for the Faith with your host, Bay Area pastor, lecturer, counselor, and expert on the cults, Dr. Jerry L. Buckner. And tonight, we just want to once again thank all of you for your continuous prayers for this ministry. We know if it weren't for your prayers, we definitely would not be on the air as long as we have. And so we are very much thankful. And also to you who have partnered with us financially over the many years, uh, it cost us 400 a week to stay on the air, and that's nothing to sneeze at. And uh, we always are in cons- constant need of your support. Consistent support, consistent prayers, and consistent giving is what keeps us going. And so we just uh, want to encourage you, you know, don't, don't forget about contending for the faith, and don't forget about praying for us, and don't forget about partnering with us to, and giving. Uh, there's two ways that you can donate uh, one is to address a check or money order to Contending for the Faith, P.O. Box 553, Tiburon, California, 94920. That's Contending for the Faith. Post Office Box 553, Tiburon, California. That's spelled T-I-B-U-R-O-N, California, 94920. Now, the second way to donate is so much easier. Simply go online to contendingfaith.org. That's contendingfaith.org and click on the donate button. It's that simple. You'll be a blessing for time and eternity. Uh, You know, we just don't want you to tune in one Saturday night and discover what happened to contending for the faith. They're not on because we couldn't pay the bills. You know, we we are, um, you know, we want to be consistent in all that we do, especially in terms of our prayers and in terms of our giving. And so we want to encourage you, keep hitting those home runs for the ministry, uh, keep praying, and keep giving as God leads you so that we can continue to do 
what God has called us to do here at Contending for the Faith. All right, Dr. Buckner, are you ready to do the calls? Let's do that, Brother Gary. Looking forward to it. Let's go to Sophia. Sophia, are you there? Thank you. It's so good to hear you. It was a wonderful show last week, but of course, I always prefer when you're there in person. Now, this I'm going to try, you know, uh, Vince is so good at like saying my question for me, but I'll try to make it as, as, as well as he said it. So we are saved by faith, right? So, so and that's sealed. So I think it's, a, it's, it's forever. But then they talk about you go at the, the judgment seat, you get rewards. And then let's say the person doesn't get rewards. Where does that person go? He won't go to hell, but where does he go? Like the, the, the ten virgins, five weren't prepared. Where did they go? They, they cast them out, but somewhere other than being in the presence of Jesus. What happens if you don't get the rewards? Well, uh, they uh, continue to be in, in heaven, uh, which mm-hmm. is on earth. Mm-hmm. Uh, but what they end up experiencing is a loss of rewards and that doesn't mean a loss of salvation. And that's why uh, the Apostle Paul hits on this in uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 3, uh, where he talks about a man's, in, in verse 13, uh, every man's work shall be made manifest, the day shall declare it, because it shall be revealed by fire, and the fire shall try every man's work of what sort it is. If a man's work abide, which he has built thereupon, uh-huh. he shall receive reward. If a man's work shall be burned, he shall suffer loss, but he himself shall be saved. Notice what he says. He will be saved, verse 15, yet as by fire. So the fire will either uh, reveal that he built his life on Christ because the foundation in verse 11 is Christ. And either we're going to build on him or we're not. And uh, we can build, as it says in verse 12, in 1 Corinthians 3, we can build gold on that foundation, silver, precious stone, Uh or we can build wood, hay, and stubble. And when the test of fire comes with the testing of Christ with us, it will all be consumed if it's been built upon wood, hay, and stubble. Because uh, the thing that's interesting about gold, silver, and precious stone, when the fire hits it, it's just refined, you know. And But there suffer loss and loss of rewards, and those who are faithful will receive greater, they will receive the reward, but it doesn't mean that they'll lose their salvation. They're just, you know, Jesus talked about this throughout the, uh, the the New Testament in the Gospels, you know, uh, some people, uh, you know, will be built upon, will, will be rewarded with five cities, ten cities, and uh, more than that, and then others will not be built upon anything at all. So Jesus is kind of talking about rewards, and um, so uh, it's just like a person today on in anything they do, Um, even on a job today, if you do a good job, you know, you're bumped up, you know, in a higher position. Uh, But if you just lackadaisical on the job, you just stay in that same position, but doesn't mean that you lose the job. (laughs) It just means that you don't get bumped up into 
a higher position and make more money. So everything is built upon rewards in life, even uh, in uh, families, you know. I tell people all the time, when you have children, you got to establish rewards and consequences Mm -hmm. so that they'll learn. And uh, if they do good, they get rewarded. If they do bad, there's consequences. There's for their bad actions. And, uh, and so we teach children that. And, and because God has, has taught us that, so we teach our children. And, you know, and even the law has it where, you know, you get rewarded. You drive right. Mm-hmm. You don't drive right and you drive beyond the speed limit, you get punished. And uh, it doesn't mean that you don't become United States citizen anymore, just that <laughs> there's consequences for your action. So God, esta- God has established all of these uh, rewards and loss of rewards, and we just got to be faithful. And no matter what type of calling one has, and he lays all of that out in First Corinthians chapter uh, 12 through 14 and Romans 13, all of the different types of gifts that God has given in the church. There's no such thing as a pew-sitting gift, uh-huh. you know, and God has not given us a pew-sitting gift. So we need to exercise the gift and talent. We need to, uh, Paul says, seek these things in First Corinthians 14, seek these things that you might excel. We got to exercise our time, the three T's, time, talent, and treasures. And, um, and we got to be faithful to what God has called. And if a person doesn't know their gifts seek seek after jesus says seek and you will find knock it shall be open ask shall be given so something like my mother my mother's 95 and uh you know she got a little slight dementia but i have friends that are in their 20s that say they got dementia already Uh but the the thing is she had a non-public gift which is the gift of helps and my mother would cook for the church. She would, uh, you know, make cakes. I went by uh, Rick and I many years ago when he was more healthier. Mm-hmm. We went by Sister Edwards' uh, place. She's the pastor's uh, wife, but she's passed on, and the pastor, too, that ordained me in, in Bakersfield. And we went by her house. She was stricken in the bed, and she says, Dr. Buckney, your mother, Aurelia Taylor, every time my birthday happens she brings me a pound cake my mother made, oh. my mother's a supreme cook but she would make those pound cakes and bring it to various people and make it for people and then she would always help the church in the kitchen and do various things and i think some people that have public gifts that have been not been faithful mm-hmm. they're going to be shocked because mm-hmm. some people that are got the gifts of helps may step up above them because I know a lot of people that's not in the public doing a lot. They're just in the background doing a whole lot. Like my mother, my mother, when she goes before the Lord, she's going to be highly rewarded because she was faithful and helps. And she, her husband, her her second husband is passed to passed on, but uh, he was a veteran and, my mother would make these barbecues and dinners and something like that for the veteran. I mean, you're talking about oh. the gift of helps, and she would do it for the church. So a lot of times we think, oh, man, i got to be out there doing things in the public eye. No, 
that's one area of gifts. Then there's other private gifts. And nobody may not ever see it, you know, as far as the world is concerned. And even, you know, but God sees it. But it says to in First Corinthians chapter uh, 12, God gave to some the gift of helps. And you'd go through that list and you pray and say, God, show me what my gift is. And it's never too late because you cry out to God. If you've been late at doing what God called you to do, you cry out to God and you repent and you say, God, and he promised you that the years the locusts have eaten up, God will restore it. He'll give it back, give it back. And then you can start building, building. I'm, I challenge everybody listening to this right now. Jesus is the foundation and you better every day be building on it. Gary and I are building on this every Saturday when we do, when we do continue for the faith that so we're reaching massive of people. But, and but what is what is your your calling? I say that to not only you but to anybody listening. Mm-hmm. What is your calling? And you better start building on it because that's the issue. Uh, repent if you haven't. If you don't know what it is, uh, seek God. And then wise people like myself, uh, I can I can probably uh, help the you to discern it by knowing what you do and how you do it. So. There's many different ways to discover it. And and Paul says in First Corinthians uh, chapter 12, so this is finished, First Corinthians 12, 1, be not ignorant regarding spiritual gifts. Be not ignorant, because everybody born in the world, even if they're not a Christian, they're born with a talent. And everybody that's born again is born with a spiritual gift. And sometimes that spiritual gift can be several. I mean, I have the gift of teaching, uh, I have a gift of preaching. I have a gift of discernment. You know, a uh, multitude of, of different gifts that God has given me. And I, I'm faithful to it. And everybody else out there listening, you better be faithful. Because you never know when the God's going to call you home, call you in the middle of the night, call you... In, in your car, you never know. And you want him to say, well done, thy good and faithful servant. You don't want him to say, depart from me, I never knew you. But well done, thy good and faithful servant. So hopefully that helps out. And you know, Sophia's Ephesians 2.10 says, for we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should do. So, God has a work for you to do that he prepared just for you Mm -hmm. for, and everybody who, who is a believer, you just have to uh, ask him what it is if you're not sure. But a lot of times, you know, talk to people who know you and a lot of times they see things in you that you're not even aware of. Uh, And they may say to you, you know, you really, you really work well with people. You're always helping you know, those are indicators that maybe you have the gift of helps or you're really a good teacher and you really know how to explain things. Or maybe you have the gift of teaching. There's a lot of things that God put into you and you just, you know, God's not trying to hide that from you. Just ask him, you know, and, and he'll let you know. Amen. So yeah. Yeah, hopefully that, that all of this helps you out. We, we shared quite a bit with you. Hopefully that's helped to challenge you and, and, channel you in the right way. 
every time I'll I'll go because you were so wonderful. But every time I listen, the two of you, it's really like the right hand of God's righteousness. His righteous right hand just comes out and lifts me up and holds me every time I listen every Saturday night. Thank you, and God bless you both. That was well, so wonderful. Thank you so much. Well, you, you know what? Don't go anywhere. We're going to pray for you, my sister. Thank you for shed, shedding those wonderful, beautiful tears, and God has catched all of them, and he's going to bless you with it. Brother Gary, let's pray for our sister. All right. So, Lord, we just pray right now that you can continue to uh, bless Sophia with wisdom, knowledge. We pray, Lord God, that you would guide and direct her steps, that you would show her, her the work that you prepared for her, show her the gifts that you've given her, and bless her to walk mightily in them, Lord God. And in the meantime, give her peace, your perfect peace, which surpasses all understanding, to guard her heart and her mind so that she knows that you are a God of all comfort, and you're there to comfort her, and that you're going to bless her, that you're going to keep her, and that you're going to lead her to victory in every situation. We thank you for her, and we ask your blessing be upon her life. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God bless you, Sophia. All All right. Well, I see it's about that time for us to take a commercial break. We'll be right back with more of Contending for the Faith. You're listening to Contending for the Faith on AM 1100 KFAX, the spirit of the Bay. Welcome back to Contending for the Faith with your host, Bay Area Pastor, Lecture Counselor, and Expert on the Cults, Dr. Jerry L. Buckner. I'm Gary Bell. Once again, our phone lines are open. We want to hear from you tonight. That number is 1-888-F-O-R-K-F-A-X. That number is 1-888-367-5329. So don't be shy. Pick up that phone and give us a call. We want to hear from you tonight. Uh, If you have questions or comments, if you need prayer, we're here to pray with you. Once again, that number is 1-888-F-O-R-K-F-A-X. And speaking of prayer, we want to thank all of you who have been praying for contending for the faith. It is so vital, so crucial that those prayers keep coming and going up before the throne of grace. We need those prayers Uh, like the air we breathe. So please don't stop praying for contending for the faith. And also we want to thank all of you who have partnered with us financially over the many years to keep us on the air. It costs us 400 a week and that's uh, nothing to sneeze at uh, to maintain this broadcast. Uh, So we want to encourage you be consistent prayer, be consistent in giving so that we can continue to do what God has called us to do. Uh, There's two ways that you can donate. You can address a check or money order to Contending for the Faith, Post Office Box 553, Tiburon, California, T-I-B-U-R-O-N, California, 94920. That's Contending for the Faith, P.O. Box 553, Tiburon, California, 94920. The second way is so much easier. Just go online to contendingfaith.org. That's contendingfaith.org. Click on the donate button and you will be a blessing for time and eternity. We also want to remind you that all of our broadcasts have uh, been turned into pro- to podcasts. So you can take advantage of the podcast. If you happen to miss a Saturday, you can always go back 
go to kfax.com and you go at the top of the banner and look for Contending for the Faith and you'll see our podcast and you'll be able to click in there and take advantage of all of that great content uh, for your Bible studies, for your personal devotion, whatever. It's all there and we want to encourage you to make use of it. All right, Dr. Buckner, you ready to get back to the calls? Let's do that, Brother Gary. Sounds all good. Right. I think we have reestablished Rick. He's holding on. Brother Rick, are you there? Yes, I am. Can you hear me? Yes, we can hear you. And you were saying something about the message, and we you got cut off. That's right. Basically, what I'm saying is, we still go we still go through adversity, but God still is with us, mm-hmm. no matter what the situation is. And this is what this is where the comfort comes in. Mm-hmm. No matter what we go through, God is with us. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's a lesson to really learn. Mm -hmm. Yes, sir. That is so true. Thank you for those encouraging words. And you have a question on your heart tonight? Yes. We've been been hearing so much about abortion. We hear about pro-choice and and pro-life. And I always, uh, and and the thing I like to uh, do is... um, what would be a biblical apologetic response to those who call themselves pro-choice, which is really a misnomer? Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, well, that's a good question, Brother Rick. And a lot of the people that are involved with uh, pro-life, uh, a pro-choice rather, pro-choice, uh, they always try to use this argument that it's my body, so I can do whatever I want to do uh, with my body. And uh, that's a misnomer as well as this is an attack upon the very uh, nature of, of God and his creation, uh, as well as it's people uh, trying uh, to play the role of God. It's uh, blasphemy. It's because you trying to play the role of God. That's God's role for us to know that he's the one that has the ultimate choice regarding everything in life. That's why it tells us in Proverbs 3, 5 and 6, trust in the Lord with all your heart, lean not to your own understanding and all your ways acknowledge him and he will direct your path. So when people say, it's my choice, uh, it's my body, I can do whatever I want to do with it. Well, no, uh, you you can because God has given you volitional choice. But you're gonna there's gonna be consequences for the wrong choices. God wants you to to make godly choices, biblical choices, and choices that line up with His Word, line up with uh, His truth. And God makes it very clear that, you know, uh, to kill, which is in the Hebrew, murder uh, someone else, uh, whether it is a adult or a baby or a teenager, uh, to kill someone is premeditated murder uh, in that context. Now, also, uh, and I want to just emphasize that word, playing the role of God, you know, it's not our duty and our calling to 
act as if we are God and we could choose to do whatever we want to do. No, you got to be in alignment to God's word. And also, um, it is not your choice when it comes to these things, when it comes to abortion, but it's God's choice. And it's not only God's choice, but it's also the baby's choice. You know, a lot of times we leave that out, right? We leave that out because if the baby was on trial, and a lot of people don't come at it from this perspective. If the baby was on trial and had a voice in the matter, they would be horrified. You're going to get ready to kill me? I mean, nobody just wants to be killed. Even people who are uh, top-notch criminals, <laughs> they don't want to be executed, right? They don't want to be executed for the crime that they committed. Nobody wants to die. And you put that baby, and that baby had a chance to be on trial and say, you're going to choose death or life. The baby was look at the mom and say, are you crazy? You want to kill me? You brought me in this world. I mean, God ultimately through you and you want to kill me, the the baby would be horrified and would really give that parent a peace of mind. Now, there are some scriptures that are really uh, good along with this. And I would encourage to look at Psalms 139, uh, also uh, Jeremiah 1, uh, 4 through 5, because Jeremiah says, then the word of the Lord in verse uh, chapter one, verse four, then the word of the Lord came unto me saying, before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee. And before thou camest forth out of the womb, I sanctified thee and I ordained thee as a prophet unto the nation. <clears throat> so Jeremiah is saying, God had his hands upon me in my mother's belly in the womb. And God is going to use him. All of these parents are individual women who are choosing to abort their children. They could be aborting a Jeremiah, another uh, powerful man of God or a woman coming on this planet. And you don't want to interfere with that. And you don't want to have to stand before God with that. And then 1 Corinthians 16 and 14, let all things be done with charity, meaning love. That's not love. When it says, let all things be done in charity and love, well, that's hate when you kill a, a child, you know. And um, so when we say, when a person says that, uh, well, one more scripture, I'm going to the, the fifth the fifth commandment is clear. Thou shalt not murder. That's what God says. Thou shalt not murder. In Acts 5 and 29, obey God rather than men. Because men want to tell you one thing, but God tells you a whole nother thing. So getting back to the question uh, people pose, you know, it's my body. It's my choice. No, no. Uh, you were created to uh, worship God with your body. You were created by God by him saying, be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth and subdue it, not, uh, you know, multiply and then murder. 
No, that's not, not what God says. Now, uh, so whether one has been, whether one is a, not a Christian, you are created by God. Those who are followers of Christ are created in adoption. We want to get those who are created outside of adoption to become adopted in Christ. Because you are God's creation, whether you are created or created in adoption. Our job is to get you over to the place of being created in adoption because it'll open up your eyes to see what God has to say. And this is not a matter of your body. It's your body is God's body. And uh, God created your body for him to live in you and to bring children into the world so he can uh, use them for his glory. And look at John the Baptist. You know, he leaped for joy, knowing about Christ, even before he was born. There's life there. And for you to snuff out that life, you'll be seriously judged before God and can lose one's life for all eternity because it does say, John says in his epistle, no murderer will enter has eternal life in him. So you, you know, better not be playing with that. That's really important. So hopefully that helps out, Brother Rick. Amen. I mean, what, like what we're seeing today is uh, abo abortion has become uh, so horrible. It's not only the mur it's not only the murder of a child. They're taking the child and they don't even consider it a life. Mm -hmm. I mean, when, when we when we become believers, we we come to see we are we are a created life, and and we're taught to preserve that life. Absolutely, and we ask the question: Who's always been behind the death of life? And that's Satan. And that's why Jesus said in John eight and forty four, uh, "You are." He called him a murderer, a murderer, murder from the beginning. Yeah, murderer from the beginning. Well, thank you for your call. You have any prayer requests before we get to our last caller? I uh, just just uh, pray that. Uh... Keep praying around my health. I've had another UTI, but I'm gonna I'm gonna get past that. It's really keep me strong to fight the good fight. All right. Well, let's have Gary to lift you up in prayer and have the Bay Area to pray for you as well, Brother Gary. Mm -hmm. Heavenly Father, we just thank you for Brother Rick. We pray, Lord God, that you keep him in good health, Lord God. You are the God of all comfort. And Lord God, we know Brother Rick has endured much, and we just pray that you continue to be right there with him, that you would give him uh, an amazing sense of your presence in his life, Lord God, that is every waking moment he would sense you walking with him, standing with him, being with him, being the God of all comfort to him. And Lord God, we just pray for healing and life and wholeness for Brother Rick, and we pray also for encouragement that you continue to encourage him, to let him know that as long as he's on planet Earth, God has a work for him to do, and that his life is meant to touch the lives of many. And so, Lord God, we just thank you, and we praise you and give you glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You All know, right. uh, 
Brother Rick, thank you so much for uh, your call and your question. Uh, God bless you. Yeah, no, Dr. Buckner, uh, before we get off this topic of abortion and um, pro-life versus uh, pro-choice, you know, I'm just sensing that there may be somebody in the listening audience who may have been involved in an abortion and is feeling, maybe feeling like God can't forgive that. And so what is your thought on that? Let's say that one more time. I was, uh, somebody was uh, trying to get my attention in here, but repeat that one more time. I was saying that I believe there's somebody in the listening audience that may have been involved in an abortion. And right now they may feel like God cannot forgive that. Um, oh, what, right. What, good, what, good. what do you have to say to that? Yeah. Very good question, Gary. And that one of these times I want to do a teaching on that too. Uh, I appreciate that question. And I would just let them know that, uh, encourage them in the fact that, um, that, First Corinthians, two scriptures, First Corinthians chapter 11 says, if we judge ourselves, we will not be judged. Even if a person has committed um, a abortion, done an abortion, judge yourself and you will not be judged and repent of that sin. And then lean on First John 1 and 9. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Now, when he uses the word all unrighteousness, that includes abortion as well. That's a very comforting scripture right there. And every time I do my pastoral counseling with people who have committed ab- abortions, I give them First John 1 and 9, and they find so much joy and comfort in that because they think that God will never forgive me of this. No, he said he will. If we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us not of some, but all, all. He will, he will cleanse it out of your life, and uh, you go forth and start uh, being a witness to others. Amen. Amen. Well, we just about run out of time. Um, did you want to get CC on? Yeah, let's get him real quick, and uh, maybe he can just give us a little snippet, and we'll snippet have to get him pick up next time with him. Yep. Yeah. Brother CC, how you doing? Hey, how you guys doing? Oh, bless. Thank you for hanging in there with us uh, on uh, this time. And uh, let you said that you did a little little uh, research. Um, yeah, I did. Oh, you did. OK, I tell you what, why don't you do this? Because our time is almost out. Uh, we're going to get you it, uh, up first next time. And we want to see what you kind of compiled in relationship to what I said. But just give us some feedback on what you've got out of the message. And then we want to pray for you quickly. Well, I got out of the message. I just love it how you said that God comforted us and then how you used Joseph as an example that, you know, the bad thing you said, you said he was, the, you know, like the Kuta Kente. You said how God turned the, the bad into good. You said what you meant for good, God meant for, you know, what you meant for evil, God turned it into good and you used Romans 8 28 and you said for all things worth to get for the good those who love God and call according to his purpose and that really touched me and I just want to add this it also touched me too what you said about your mother man I mean my respect for you and your mom and through the Lord Jesus Christ really went up when I that was really touched that really touched my heart oh beautiful thank you so much for that I'm, I'm, I think it really touched us uh, you know Sophia too thank you so much my brother appreciate you and we're going to get your uh, question as well We'll have to cut it off right there. Uh, We've run out of time. 
Uh, please keep us in your prayers until next week at this time when we once again give you the opportunity to ask questions, make comments, and dialogue with Dr. Buckner, always with one purpose in mind, to equip, exhort, and better enable you to contend for the faith. I'm Gary Bell. May God bless, bless you. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com. <laughs> 